This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Hello and welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Cathy Reid and today I'm joined by the wonderful Jessica Daly. Hiya. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm very hot. Today uh, will be known as the hottest day on record, I reckon. Oh my gosh, absolutely. The day it was 39 degrees Literally, Satan has Can't sat deal. his butt on a... No. And fired us all up. <laughs> it's horrendous, it's horrendous. So, this is a little bit of a... We play a word association game to start. Cute. And this is a little bit of a themed word association, just because of the day, because I couldn't think of yeah. anything else other than how hot it was. Okay. So, heat wave. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Stitchy. Ice cream. Um, um, oh god, Cornell. Touring. Um, international. Stress. Red. Drama school. Arts ed. Yeah. BBC. Of the rainbow. <laughs> Barbecues. Burgers. Holiday. Non-existent. <laughs> Strawberries and cream. Wimbledon. Yeah. I kind of put BBC and barbecue beside each other because I was just like BBC, BBQ. Yeah, Don't BBQ, know BBQ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fab. So let's just chat about what got you started in the creative arts to begin with. Oh, um, so I've always been a bit of a performer from growing up. Like I used to entertain my family at family parties and whatnot. And I've always, I started dancing when I was like three or something like that. Um, and then I think I just love to entertain, be like the class clown. <laughs> and um, I was given Colours of the Wind for my song and dance. And my dance teacher said to my mum, you know, I think she has a voice. I think she should get singing lessons. And that's when it all really kicked off. I've always been a dancer um, in that kind of way, like done festivals. Never taken it really seriously. I've never been like a leggy, leggy, yeah. whatever. Um, had singing lessons, I used to go to gymnastics, um, <laughs> display team. I used to be like Stop. the top two on a 21 really? man pyramid, yeah, when I was a kid. Um, I love that as well, I love it, yeah. Six, six five, four, three, two, one. <gasps> no. Yeah, it was the two. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and we actually won the British Championships with a display performance of Prince of Egypt. So very, like very relevant. Yeah, very <laughs> relevant. Coming out soon. Um, so yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid. I used to travel around everywhere. So yeah. I think that's what made me quite adventurous as a kid. Yeah. Um, and uh, youth theatre, Middlesbrough Youth Theatre, yeah. which I grew up on the Middlesbrough little theatre stage at oh. home. And yeah, that was mainly it really. That's how I got started. Lovely, great. Now you were exposed to the spotlight at quite a young age when you were a finalist on BBC's Over the Rainbow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what was that like at such a young age? Because how old were you? I was 18. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's really young. You think you're old when you're 18, but yeah. you're actually not. No. Um, at the time, I was like, yeah, I'm a big girl. Yeah. Um, but I... So at the time, I was in a really good position at the time because I was in my second year of doing a B-Tech. Um, and I was kind of like killing time and like just waiting to pass the time because I'd got my place at Art Set already. Oh. I was like the first audition day of the year. So yeah. I'd found out that I got my place, but I was waiting on the scholarship, um, which was kind of like the make or break um, because 
from working class background couldn't afford to go without a scholarship um so it was kind of like i was killing time i was waiting to find out if i got the dada and um i'd always watch the the nancy programs yeah. the joseph and maria like me and my mum used to watch them all the time religiously um and this came up and it was the right kind of age bracket it was like a film musical that I'd grown up watching. I'm like the biggest Judy Garland fan of all time. And my mum was like, you know, like you might as well just go and give it a go. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like I'm always up for taking opportunities and just giving it a good stab. Yeah. So I like dragged my butt out of bed at like five o'clock in the morning, dragged one of my best mates from school out with me and made her like jump in the car to Manchester with me, two hour drive. Um, and just went thinking like, oh, whatever, like, Nothing might come of it, but experience, cool, um, character building, all that business. And I went and um, I did the first round and on the day I was like, wrong song choices. Because I just not even Mine's thought about songs. I was like, yeah, wing it. I'm always being a winger. It's really bad. Um, but I was like, yeah, wing it, cool. And I did it the first round and uh, the woman who turned out to be my acting coach, Donna Soto Moritini, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She was like, that's the wrong song choice, honey. But worst accent ever um but uh you're going through whatever like think about your song choices yeah so I was waiting to go into the next round after that and I was like what do I sing oh god what do I know like so flippant about it and um I was like yeah I know someone like you from Jacqueline Hyde like yeah, I've never sang it before but I might as well give it a crack like so blase <laughs> about it so laid back and and then I was like I'll contrast it with like somebody to love from Queen, you know, done we will rock you yeah, as a kid and um so as I was waiting to go in, Lloyd Webber walks down the corridor, like literally. And I was like, Oh, you are you are joking me, like what is going on? And um got in there and he only watched four of our auditions and then he left. I was like gonna say, yeah, he didn't watch me. He walked in for that four and then walked out again. And honestly you it's just madness, like, when I think about it, it's like the stars align, yeah. and they all, it all makes sense and all fits together, and I was just like, this is just mental, and I happened to, like, I did it, and then he asked me about, um, I did the songs that I'd chosen, and he asked me about, had I played anything recently that I, that I felt very passionately about, and I'd just done Sweet Charity at home, and I'd really, really connected with charity, yeah. and, like, loved it so much it's still my favorite character I, like mm -hmm. one day I just hope to play it but like I really connected it and I with it and I, I felt so like I don't know I was just like I felt like her and it just was so Im I, I embodied it so much um and I was so passionate and he found that really exciting and yeah it just snowballed from there really I was in the car on the way home phoning all my like family like my god I've just sang the Lloyd Webber like mad whatever <laughs> um but yeah just just madness like and that was it like yeah. I got kicked out after the top 100 though and then they brought me back did you for Dorothy farm yeah so that was mad but on the train home and it sounds really arrogant but I have like gut feelings about stuff I I said to my mum and my mum even said to me this isn't the end I was like this isn't the end I've not been kicked out I've got a feeling and it was so strange so and then like two days later phone call uh Andrew thinks the judges made a mistake come back Dorothy farm so like it's just weird I get good feelings about stuff and it's strange but um yeah then that was it just kept on going and then um Dorothy farm 
I was like, I recognise that lady's voice who was teaching us how to, mm. like, the songs and, and stuff like that and was coaching us on the vocals. And I was like, I really recognise that voice. Yeah, mm, yeah. I got the details through mm. for the top 20. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Claire Moore, vocal coach. And I was like, she's my, like, I grew up listening to Miss Saigon yeah. on repeat. I always wanted to be Ellen. Like, I was just like, I can't believe I get to work with Claire Moore. <laughs> like, Moore, as well, my accent. Um, so it was like, just mad like yeah. thrown into that and just working with people who I've admired growing up yeah. and and just being with with Lloyd Webber of Andrew course. was just insane yeah, yeah. just amazing so it sounds like a really like positive experience oh my gosh like I try and take all of the positives from every process yeah. that I do because and don't get me wrong I've had some rough times within jobs and within work yeah. um but I really try and, moving forward, I try and take all of the positives from that. So the stuff that I learned on that job and um, experiences that I had that I wouldn't have had at Arts Ed. Yeah. And that I learned from that. And, and people who I connected with and made contact with via the show um, that I would never have met or come across yeah. otherwise. So it's just, I don't know, I th everything happens for a reason for me. Like, yeah and everything kind of paves out for the right reasons. Um, and it was just kind of like a, oh, I'm just gonna do this experience and enjoy it for what it is. And when I got kicked off, I was like, it's fine, I'm going to what said. Because I found out I got my scholarship when I was rehearsing for the top 20. So like, go. I was like, whatever, I'm gonna take what I can from it, but I'm going to what said, see you later. Like, and that's why like on the moon, when I get kicked yeah. off, I'm buzzing and people are like, how are you so happy? I was like, because life was great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, long-winded so, response, sorry. No, and it's great. But, it's so nice to hear. Yeah. Um, so let's get on to the topic of mental health. Mm -hmm. um, can you chat to us about your experiences with it so far? Oh, it's been like up and down, definitely. I mean, to be thrown into the spotlight yeah. at 18 like that, to then essentially go back and start from the very bottom again yeah. and build your way up, that is something that I just threw myself into and I don't know how I did that but Art Ed obviously is very intense as you know yes. <laughs> the three years had lots yeah. of ups and downs and I've had um a fair bit of like family stuff going on across the years that I kind of I mean I've recently been on a, a bit of counselling as well with mind um just to get stuff out in the open that I think I swept under the rug because I've kind of admitted to myself that during that time when all of a lot of things happened at once mm -hmm. back home family wise um a lot of things came to head at once around about the same time that I was like see ya I'm going to London so I was just like I'm gonna run away from it sweep it under the rug and I didn't deal with it I don't think very well I think I kind of was preoccupied with everything else and it's only as I've gotten older and there's been more empty gaps of not working and being wrapped up in this mad world that we live in, yeah. that I've been like, oh, I didn't deal with that stuff and now it's like really affecting me. So my last job last year, I did a UK tour and I think a lot of things were presented to me, all the obstacles that I'd kind of put to the side were presented to me to be like, this is your time, you need to face it everything kind of hit at once last year and had a very difficult year with my head and it was I knew it was serious because it started to affect my performance on stage 
and it's wow. never affected my performance on stage before. Mm -hmm. Performing has always been like my sanctuary yeah. um, to get away from that and it's been kind of like my escape. And last year I was on stage and just was meant to start <laughs> my solo number in the show and um, I went to open my mouth and I brought the band in and everything like that. We all came in together and it was very exposing. I was at the top of like two flights of stairs, spotlight on me. Yeah. And I opened my mouth to sing this very well-known pop song <laughs> and nothing came out. And I just was like, what are the words? Like, like I just, I, I couldn't think of the words. And I just had to like, I kind of mumbled through and made them, made it <laughs> work, but, they were not the right words. Like it was kind of a mumbled sentence, um, a, like a messed up sentence version of what the song was. Yeah. And it really, really scared me. Yeah. Um, and I came off and I was kind of like, as I do, I laugh it off. I'm like, ah, yeah, I messed up the words. No, no, no. Like for the week following then, every single line that I had on stage and I had like, I was a leading part. So I had quite a lot of dialogue. I had quite a lot to sing every single line I was second guessing myself before I did the line and every show felt like a mountain like to climb and it was just exhausting it was it was I was in Liverpool for the week and I was so mentally exhausted I've never felt like that before the first time that I'd got it right I got to the end of that song and I got it right and I walked off stage and I just broke down because I was like oh like all this tension emptied out of me via my tears yeah. like I was just shaking I was just oh honestly it was horrific it was so exhausting yeah so knackering um that I was like nah I need to sort this out like I need to do something about this like and it was just I think it was like it wasn't even one thing that had triggered it it was a lot of different things that I just had and dealt with that were being kind of pushed in my face and yeah. it was just horrendous yeah my but goodness. I mean since then I made the decision to move back home to Middlesbrough um, just because I'd spent a year out of work in London in 2017 and I was so miserable because I was working like 60 million jobs <gasps> and financially was screwed like was barely making my way through even though I was earning money from jobs and I was so stressed and that's when my insomnia started that's when anxiety kicked in a little bit um and I remember like I was awake at like three o'clock in the morning one night and um I was meant to be at work at like for a six o'clock start in this coffee shop that I worked in great coffee shop it was a great little job but early starts freaked me out mm. um and I was at, still awake at three o'clock in the morning and I was gonna have to face this eight hour shift and I just was a mess. And I texted my mom at three o'clock in the morning and luckily she had a phone on loud, she never does. And I was like, oh. I need to come home. Like, I need to come home. I need to get out of here. Like, I, can't, I feel yeah. like suffocated whilst feeling so lonely and so kind of isolated. It was so yeah. strange. So um, I've had a really like, I say that I've got a Ross Rachel relationship with London, like mm -hmm. I have this like love hate, like sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it because it triggers all the bad stuff in me. Yeah. Um, so after tour, I decided that I was gonna move back to Middlesbrough and 
just kind of built a foundation for myself that was healthier and was more financially stable because um, money is traumatic to me. So mm. I went back home and I've been at home since and it's been the best move that I could have ever done because mm. I'm in such a more solid place now. As a result, I've been able to like go and see a counsellor and like um, I've been teaching and I've been doing all this extra stuff and I've still been coming down for auditions. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've managed to really like spend some family yeah. quality time as well and be with people who ground me because mm. I, I've, I've got really lost in the whole um, showbiz of it all sometimes when I've been down here, being wrapped up in all of the things that aren't necessarily good about the industry. Um, so yeah, to go home and be with people who don't really care about that and don't really use my job as like a status thing. They just kind of see me as a good, well like not, you get you get that when you go out and people are like, oh, so what are you up to? Not yeah, how are yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And people do get annoyed about that and we, we speak about that more mm. so now like you should ask people how, how they, they are. are like but and people do I find myself doing it when I'm down here as well when I'm wrapped up and I've been here for a long time you're like oh so what are you up to now and I'm like oh my god I hate myself like yeah. why have you done that yeah. whereas at home they don't care like they like me for who I am I feel like people understand and I'm not saying like I've got friends down here that are amazing and I love spending time with it and aren't like that at all mm -hmm. but generally as a feeling and as an energy i go home i go to a gig and i feel more myself and more in my body than i ever have done down here great so That's i find great. it really healthy yeah yeah and i think it's your more and more what i think people are realizing is that your own mental health and your own happiness is just so much more important oh, than yeah it, definitely. Else. It's because like at the end of the day no one has an opinion about someone else moving back to so so no. and so to do something like as you, see, you can still audition you can still get jobs yeah, yeah. as you just have yeah so like do what you need to do yeah. and like be so much happier in a much nicer place spending oh my gosh. money yeah but then some people love london and they love the hustle yeah. and bustle and and that I mean, and i do yeah. i really yeah, do yeah, yeah. when i'm in work oh my gosh if i've got a, a job in town again i'd be like yep i'm coming back yeah, now yeah, yeah. but for now sure. i'm kind of loving the peace yeah. and quiet and the i don't know the stillness of being at home and yeah sort myself out because i'm quite right. jittery as a person so yeah good, good good so you did mention something there about um money and you were on the recent applause for thought workshop about mm -hmm. money management yeah uh, and you were very open with your experiences about it um how did your struggles uh with this affect your mental health oh my gosh like it's traumatic like it is money is trauma and you know what i I've always kind of known that, but not like said it out loud. And then I saw something on Instagram. I follow all of these like spiritual, holistic yeah. type Instagrams for when I feel a bit, um, and it came up one day. It was like money is trauma, like money management. And I was like, oh my gosh, light bulb. Mm -hmm. It is like, it's so traumatic. And I think because I've literally had this up and down life of, I got thrown into over the rainbow at like 18. I'd never earned decent money before. I was earning like an equity wage, which was amazing about that show. Really? It was an equity contract. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, but literally every Monday on our day off, me and Danielle and Bronte um, would be like, right, hit the shops, let's go, top shop. Like, and I'd be like splurging and like just throwing this money away. But I'd look really good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'd have all great clothes. Um, but I've always had 
uh, going from that to then going to college and living on very little mm -hmm. um, and just not being responsible with money and the older I get the more I'm like accept it acknowledge it say it out loud that is your flaw you're not very responsible with money but you're working on it and I am becoming more yeah. responsible as a result and especially going back home mm -hmm. um, and having more of a hold on things that's really helped but I mean it is super traumatic it is mm -hmm. um, but as well when I'm in a job I just like to experience life to the fullest I like to I like when I'm over the other side of the world doing a job and I have a month off I want to go to Japan and travel like I want to see the world I want to spend this money while I've got it like I'm practically a gypsy in what I do so why would I want to buy a house at 23 like I want to experience the world before I do any of that before I settle yeah. down um which is my argument that my dad hates <laughs> my dad's like you need a rainy day fund and I'm like but I need to see Australia so um so it's it's finding the balance, I think, the yeah. older I'm getting. So I'm now about to go off again mm -hmm. and um, earn a bit of money and do a, a job that I love on the other side of the world. But I'm now like, okay, you are allowed to have so much, but you need to put some away as well. So yeah. I'm, it's just about navigating through yeah. that really and being balanced. Balance is key in life anyway, yeah. I think. Have a little bit of this, but absolutely not. Don't go mad. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely agree mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do, there's loads of places I want to see. Like, oh my the, gosh, yeah. the list is endless. I haven't been to any of them. Oh. And you know what? I'm ticking off too this year that I. Which ones? So I'm going to Cape Town to yeah. do rehearsals, mm -hmm. um, which I've always wanted to go to South Africa. Yeah. I said I always wanted to do safari, but I don't think I'm going to get to do safari this time around. But I get to see Cape Town, I get to see Table Mountain, I get yeah. to see the penguins on the beach, which oh. I'm super excited about. Love a penguin. Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> um, and then China, which I always say, yeah. I put it out to the universe this year. I was like, the next job I want, I want it to be international because my friend Jordan is playing Simba in The Lion King oh, yeah, internationally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I need a job to come and see you because I can't afford to come and see you otherwise. Um, so I put that out to the universe and then people were like touring China at the time. I don't know who it was now, but I saw people in China doing the Great Wall and I was like, I'd love to do China, but you'd have to pay me to go. And I put them two out. <laughs> and then I'm like, Cape Town, tick. China, tick. Got to see Jordan on like my Aww. week off in Bangkok. I'm like, tick, going to do that. Like, That'll be so nice as yeah, well. It's yeah. So, it's just so, it's worked out really well. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. when you're uh, when you're out there, the best thing you can do is see the stuff. Like, oh my god, I love exploring yeah, so much. For sure. Like, I mean, <sighs> I've personally not been away for very, very long periods of time, but I went to Abu Dhabi at the start of this year, and yeah. every day we were like, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to mm -hmm. do that, and we were only there for a few days. But, yeah. Like, I feel like I've seen it now. Oh my gosh, I mean? and if you're so there, important. especially with work, working yeah. there, you're essentially being paid to, to do something you love whilst being in a place you've never seen yeah. before. So it's like, I'm definitely going to yeah. explore, and it like, experience it to the as much as I can I'm a bit scared about this job though because it's a bit intense so I'm like am I gonna be going out exploring or am I gonna be in bed with Netflix <laughs> chilling um but bit of both. yeah a bit balance bit of both balance yeah. yeah yeah so another thing that you touched on earlier yeah um you have a blog mm -hmm. called creating mess daily <laughs> yeah which I like that yeah <laughs> little play on words yeah. um and you published a piece at the start of the year which we absolutely loved and I think we shared it yeah, actually I think which you, is yeah. where we got in contact 
this year has gone so fast. Um, oh my and it was about um, not pinning happiness on the job. And yeah. This is something that we have talked about a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, being unemployed is difficult, and you can, and it's just it's difficult to get money and if you're not getting indoors and whatever but you can still struggle with your mental health while you're in a great job and you shouldn't Absolutely. have to feel guilty about it because mental health affects us mm -hmm. daily yeah <laughs> whether or not we're in the west end or not um, yeah so i'd just like to get your thoughts on on this everyone is going on their own kind of path yeah and everybody's experience is completely individual and i think that really helps to remind yourself of that sometimes with regards to going up for jobs as well like um because I think like a year previous I was kind of like figuring out how to deal with rejection a bit better as well because there's a lot of it obviously um and I was like you know like the creative team see a visual image that they want for their show yeah. if I don't fit that that's not my fault mm -hmm. And also, likewise, like, if I don't like the way somebody's directing it, I'm like, okay, I don't really agree with, with how you're directing me, or I don't agree with the casting when it's come out, so I'm like, maybe it wouldn't have been the best job for me either. I reminded myself of that. And then also, when you're in a job, not every, not every job that you do is going to be amazing. And also, it's a job. It's a job. And it's mm -hmm. taken me a while to really, like, drill that in. But it's work it's not your life it shouldn't consume your life there is more to life than doing a show or being in this industry mm -hmm. there is family there's like hobbies there's like stuff going on in the world there's like climate change all this business like there's everything going on this shouldn't consume your life this doesn't define who you are your job status does not define who you are and you know i was speaking to a friend of mine who i saw just before we we met today um and he's like you know i think i've been done with the acting thing for a while um and when i go home so when he goes back to, to middlesbrough um people are like oh you know you're not up to much and he's like well actually i am i'm doing lots of things that i love i've got a wonderful girlfriend i've got a dog i've got a good thing going on here my work doesn't define me yeah um and there was that big hoo-ha last year wasn't there somebody mentioned about somebody complaining about people complaining yeah and i was just like it's none of your business let mm. these people complain yeah. like they can do that yeah maybe don't like put on a public forum or if do you know what you're entitled to your opinion you can put it on a public forum if you want but yeah. it's none of your business that's somebody's personal mm -hmm. experience and to compare yourself to that person is kind of detracting away from you anyway mm. it's like it's like you should never compare yourself yeah because you can't compare yourself because everybody is completely unique and going through mm -hmm. unique kind of situations so it's you're kind of shortchanging yourself, I think, if you do compare yourself, and it's such a negative kind of way to be, yeah. and a bitter way to be. Why, why be bitter and why be mm -hmm. negative? It's just so draining. Yeah. Just be happy for people and just support people when they need it. Yeah. Because people don't do it to mourn and to be like in your face about stuff. They do it because they're unhappy. Mm -hmm. So if you see it from that perspective, oh gosh, that person seems like they're really struggling. They're not having a good time. Hope they're all right. Like send good vibes. Like 
I don't know, we're all milling through, aren't we? Like, Completely. And jobs, oh, I just hate this whole, like, if you're in a job, you're amazing, like, and that is that. I'm just so not about that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so... And I wrote a blog post about this years ago, actually, about mm. avenues, mm. having different avenues to your life, and without one thing, the other thing wouldn't work. So, like, I think I said, like, my career would be, like, the high street. Yeah. And then you've got all these little streets that make the town off it like family and like hobbies and um all these different things that i loved at the time songwriting writing Mm. and um home and stuff like that and without those streets that make up your life the the people on those streets would not feed the high street so it wouldn't thrive Mm -hmm. so your job your work wouldn't thrive without all of these different avenues that link up and make you a round person yeah make you a town i love that yeah Love anal- you analogy. Re- <laughs> you should republish that blog. I think it's very. I'll put it out there yeah, again. Put it out there. Yeah. yeah. So today I am in the King Manual Therapy Clinic in Covent Garden with the wonderful Stephen King himself, and he has been conducting some new research, which he's going to tell us about, and it's absolutely fascinating. Stephen, take it away. Okay, thanks, Kathy. So I had a question, which is: Is singer's acid reflux really what we think it is? And I think the answer is no, because over a five-week trial period, a hundred percent of the subjects have been cured of their symptoms of acid reflux. I mean, you can see the graph here they can't it's a good graph am i right i can see the graph and it's a great (laughs) graph so we put together a successful treatment protocol to alleviate the symptoms of singer's acid reflux and for now it's working in 100 percent of cases whoop whoop And where can people find out more about the research that you have conducted? So I'm in the process of presenting it and publishing it next year at the World Voice Teachers Expo and hopefully at the BVA. And this work is going to be written up into a paper and published by me. So look out on social media, that kind of thing. But I'll be posting screenshots and stuff all the time. So make sure you check it out 2020. It'll be properly published and it's very, very interesting. So thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me in the clinic again. Thanks, Cathy. If you'd like to book in with Stephen or one of the team at King Manual Therapy, go to kingmanualtherapy.com where you can find all the options. So you have you have quite a following on social media, I'd say. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't think I do, but then I have like a fair amount of followers, yeah. but I'm like, do people actually care about? But yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's enough. Like it's in the thousands, isn't it? So yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and we, we actually spoke to Danielle about this, about how there wasn't social media yeah. when you guys were in Over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um talking about now do you ever feel like a pressure to look a certain way and like second part to that question is how do you think it would have been to be in that over the rainbow experience with social media i'm so glad that we didn't have it yeah honestly Mm -hmm. because we were so young and so naive when i think about it that uh, i I find it difficult now Mm -hmm. i find it difficult enough now to kind of um control how much I let it affect me affect me sorry um so to have it then I just feel like we were shielded and it felt we weren't doing anything to prove anything or to gain validation validation is Mm -hmm. everything like it's such a massive thing like where you seek validation is so important because that directly affects like 
my mental health like when I like I have to really question myself like why am I doing that or am I trying to get validation to make me feel better in the short term oh that's not right okay don't post it like I literally have this conversation with myself now whereas back then I don't think I'd have had a good enough gauge because I've only just got to this point right now Mm -hmm. and that was without it during over the rainbow yeah and also like way back then I was so innocent about Instagram like I love photography like I used to use Tumblr and like Instagram as like an outlet for posting cool photos that Mm -hmm. I loved and just kind of the more creative side of things whereas now I just think the game has completely changed and it's so sad that it's not used as an artistic output which I think would be super beneficial in this climate that we're in at the moment. It's it's kind of toxic. Um, and I have to really, like, have a good boundary with it. Boundaries as well. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Boundaries, boundaries and then, and like, <laughs> boundaries, balance, and putting your validation, yeah. like, seeking validation in the right place. Like, that literally is the conversation that goes yeah. on in my head all the time. Um and I don't think I'd have had that way back when. So I'm really, really, really grateful that they looked after us like they did. Yeah. They really did. Like when you hear about all of the way that um, Love Island contestants have committed suicide. Oh, and I, God, yeah. I've had this conversation with Danielle as well. Like mm-hmm. just the clear lack of support that they've had. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I think about the process that we went through, we were literally guarded. Yeah. There was only like one time that there was we knew there was paparazzi about outside of Fountain Studios and they literally hurried us in, got us in out of the way straight away. They were not about us yeah. kind of being exposed mm-hmm. to that, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. They were great. The producers are great. Like they still really care about what we were up to in that. Um, really nice. It's, yeah, really cool. Great, fantastic. So we did chat about this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but, um, We'll just touch on it again. Mm-hmm. You have had uh, an extremely varied career so far, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, but obviously, with the highs, there are lows. Um, and have you found that having these lows has enabled you to focus on other areas of your life? Or have oh, you yeah. found that the industry has consumed you? Oh, no. Like, especially now, with the whole I'm not pinning my happiness yeah. on a job thing, I have found so much joy in teaching. Like, I just think the term if you can't do teach is Mm. the biggest load of crap Mm -hmm. like because I've been teaching since September yeah and I have learned such valuable like things about myself Mm. and skills and stuff like that like how to deal with people and be with people and empathize with people and I find that so valuable as a human because I think Mm. nowadays with the whole social media with the whole like stuck to your phone and whatnot you don't look up and see the world around you as much anymore Mm. I find that really sad so that when I'm thrown into a situation where I have to teach somebody one-on-one or teach a group of children um I have to navigate through all of that like I just find it they keep me on my toes yeah (laughs) like I've had to really use my brain Um, and be creative and think of stuff to teach and think of stuff to focus on and kind of find the ways to nurture them in the right way and I found myself really like towards the end really defending the kids being like you know I do not want these kids to be stressed for this show like 
teaching at the, the stage school that I've been teaching at back home. I've been like, they're stressed, I can't do that. Like, guys, if you're feeling stressed, you come to me. And I'm like, where has this come from? Like, yeah. and I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't been out of work. Yeah. I wouldn't have had that. Like, if anything, it's just solidified the fact that I want kids one day. Aww. Yeah, and I've been out of work and I've had to teach and I've had to do a lot of things to keep me going. And I've just realized that I'm at an age now where I'm like, yeah, I do want that. I do want family and I do I want a normal life as well yeah so it's just kind of brought all of that the maternal instinct out in me it's yeah. very strange but also at the same time I I'm not in any hurry to find a guy to marry me at the moment because I'm like I've put up with I'm, I say I put up with like I've just not had the right people and it's been like a law of attraction thing because I've not been feeling 100% worthy in myself. So I feel like I've not been given off the best. So I've not been receiving yeah. what I deserve. Mm -hmm. So until I feel 100% solid in myself, I'm not gonna be attracting the right person. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to wait that out to find a good person now. Yeah. To marry, to get to marry me, the poor sod. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm at that point now where I'm like, okay, cool. I need somebody now to plan surprise parties for me because I'm rubbish at organising things. <laughs> so, Aww. yeah, it's just, it's been a really lovely time this time around. And being out of work and being with my family, like my nana's had a few health issues that yeah. I've been there for and I've been able to like help with, mm -hmm. um, which has been really good. And I've been home for stuff like that. I've been home and needed. And whereas I've always felt really out of the loop. Mm -hmm. in London yeah I feel like people keep things from me because they don't want me to mm -hmm. um get upset whilst I'm doing an important job and that is just it breaks my heart mm -hmm. because I want to know about my family I want to know everything that's going on so yeah. yeah so you're just about to head off on tour mm -hmm. international uh as Ava Peron in Ibiza yeah uh, and you've been on tour before and obviously this comes with challenges mm -hmm. um what tell us something about it that people might not realize is really challenging despite all the great stuff with chat with traveling and everything living in a hotel yeah let me tell you i mean i've been googling how to make spaghetti bolognese in a kettle <laughs> like honestly because when you go over especially to asia i spent three months in the philippines mm -hmm. i um i listened to paul yeah, wilkins yeah, yeah. podcast this morning actually um i was on les mis in um asia and <laughs> Everything in Manila is sweet. Mm. Everything tastes sweet. Everything is like sugary. So I think a few of us were like, we just want like broccoli. I just want broccoli. And we cooked it in a kettle. Like we yeah. worked out how to cook it. <laughs> and we had like pesto pasta <laughs> with broccoli in this kettle. So, I mean, China has not got a great track record for like nutritious food either. It's like I've yeah, yeah. nightmare stories about dog and stuff like that. And I'm like the biggest dog lover. And mm. I'm like, oh, what we're gonna do um so I've been like thinking about ways I can try and eat a bit healthier uh -huh. because I love like room service as well I have like a really weird relationship with food as well like I like most girls like I just binge and then I'll go through a really good mm -hmm. like few weeks and then I binge and I realize that it's like all part of the female anatomy and it's hundreds of years of evolution mm -hmm. but I do, like, I struggle, so whenever I'm, like, room service menu, oh, lasagna or burger, like, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to watch and kind of figure out a way to try and eat a bit healthier when yeah, I'm on yeah. tour, because that 
helps me function better obviously as yeah. good food does um what else about touring away um she's getting homesick i had like my first little breakdown when i went to manila for three months and then i was like no you're out you're at that side of the world you're away um you've got a month off before i go to singapore for two months if you come home like no 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 you're over there you've got to experience it yeah. as i am so i was like okay well I'll, I'll travel in my month off um and i decided to go to thailand for two weeks and japan for two weeks and I decided I really wanted to go to Japan, but I was kind of like, mm, not Thailand. Mm. And when it came to it, people were like, I'm so excited to go home and have a cup of tea and watch This Morning on our month off. Yeah, and I'm like, I actually hate you. Like, I wish I was going home. And I went to Bangkok on my own and I was there for 24 hours and I booked a flight home. I Did couldn't you? deal with it. I couldn't deal with it. I phoned my mum in like floods of tears and I was like, I just can't be here. I don't want to go out and meet people, but I don't want to be on my own. Like... I just can't be here right now. And I'd always been really independent and really like, go get them up mm -hmm. until that point. And that was like one of my first really serious kind of um, experiences with mental health. Cause yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't want to be here. And I just panicked and I was sobbing in an Uber in the middle of Bangkok oh and gosh. like just horrendous. And the minute I booked my flight, I felt so much better. Yeah. So I came home for two weeks. I still flew out to Japan. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was, I'm just a bit apprehensive about, apprehensive, a bit scared about being homesick, but I'm more so excited about doing this job. So, Amazing. Yeah. It's gonna be great. So uh, guys, if you're hearing a little difference in the sound quality, it's because we got chucked out of equity. So we're now sitting in Cafe Nero beside uh, Leicester Square Station, which is fun. So Jess, let's get her back on with the end of the interview. Um, what do you think we can do more of to support each other in this industry? Ooh, it's positive energy, isn't it? I think, and just championing people when they do well and encouraging people and supporting people when they're not feeling great and when they're clearly using social media as an outlet for that. They need we all do it we all reach out because we want somebody to be like it's okay it's fine I feel that way too um, I relate um, and I think if you see that I think just check in with people and I tend to do that now I think if I see something um, and I've had people actually when I did that blog about um, not pinning everything on work and whatnot, I had a good couple of people three or four people messaged me saying mate I felt exactly the same way I'm miserable on my job I'm not having fun this and this and that it's been really difficult so there are a lot of people feeling the same way um, and I think if you do feel that way as well it's human you're allowed to and you're going through a process and your relationship with work is like any other relationship that you have there's going to be ebbs and flows there's going to be um, ups and downs um, everything's a work in progress that's what Barbara Streisand quote that yeah. I'm a work in progress we all are work in progress like none of us are perfect none of us have an ideal life even people who are playing leads on the West End 
normally usually have something that they're not happy about. Like, we're not all 100% solid. We all have our ups and downs, and there are challenges and um, issues that people might be dealing with that you don't see. Because, I mean, from my point of view as well, I share, I've shared a, a little bit about what's happened, but I don't share the ins and outs of my life on social media. Um, I'm guilty of showing good times, good times. And you know what, I don't post as much as I used to, especially on Instagram, actually. I don't post selfies because to me, when I, if I'm taking a selfie, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you posting a selfie? Is there a reason? There's a deeper reason. You're not just posting it just to be like, this is me. You're posting it because you want people to be like, you look pretty, you look great. Um, and I did that recently when I got a new hair color. <laughs> but I was like, I want people to tell me I look great. It's fine, I admit. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's just knowing that people are going through things that you might not see. It might not be visible. And sometimes just checking in with people, even the strongest people, just checking in every so often. Out of sight isn't out of mind. I think that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I like that, I like that. So um, just before we get to our final question, what do you do to look after your mental health now? Do you know what? Like anything, I, I've been like quite... <laughs> I do the whole bingey thing. So when I... And this is maybe something that I'm learning. Balance, I'm learning to balance. Um, but I've had a bit of counselling recently. I reached out to Mind. A friend of mine told me about Mind doing free counselling sessions. And because I've not been the most um, well-off <laughs> in the last year or so, um, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore that. Um, and it's really accessible. Like They do like an online assessment, and then you get a phone call, consultation, and then I had like six to seven free sessions, um, which I didn't have a clue about until I talked to a friend of mine at home who was having the same thing. Um, so I think that has massively helped, even just stuff that I'd not dealt with, as I said before, like just to say it out loud. And certain things I've said out loud, and I've cried for, just tears have come out, and I've like been like, there's a lot of trauma around certain parts of my life that I haven't discussed. And just to know, know that they're the areas that have been troubling me like deep down has given me more peace in myself so I'd always say if you are feeling a bit like not not great not on top of the world or just feeling a bit edgy a bit anxious a bit unnerved um I'd always reach out and when you have um organizations like mind um and you guys do a deal with a therapist as well. Yeah, so when you have that opportunity and it's accessible, take it. Like, it's terrifying. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's been great. When I first got the counselling session through, I was like, oh, yes, great, self-growth, lovely. And then as the weeks went on, I dreaded going. Like, I was sat in my car like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. This is painful. And it... It was really painful sometimes, talking about it. Um, but the minute that I left, I felt like a weight had been lifted off. Um, and especially one week, I came out and I was like, I feel a shitload better than I did. Um, 
I feel so much better in myself. And even now, I'm just more at peace. I feel more at peace. So, or I'd say, I do. I did that, which I've been putting off for ages, but finally did. Um, when I do feel a bit, I delete social media. Just don't look at it. Um, my phone's been broke recently, actually. I've had half a screen, so I've actually been getting really annoyed when I've tried to use my phone, so I've just not been using my phone as much. And I've missed, like, different things that have been on social media. Like, one of my friends, Lauren from college, Lauren Logan, she'd, like, broken her arm and <laughs> had messaged my other friend, Steph, and I was like, what's the matter with Lauren? Like, what's going on? Like, she was like, she's broken her arm. Did you not see it? I was like, no, completely missed it. Um... I've just not been on my phone as much and I felt so much better, so much better. So I, I put my phone to the side, um, I've spoken to people, I reach out, um, I do a little bit of meditation now and again. Brene Brown has changed my life. Have you, heard, have you listened to Brene Brown? Brene Brown, TED Talk on vulnerability and courage. My goodness, Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, Cheryl Strayed, Golden Three People, Opera, Super Soul, Sundays, um, podcasts like that. There's a conversation between Russell Brand and Brene Brown on his podcast that has absolutely, completely just changed my perspective on a lot of things. They just discuss everything. They just discuss all of the things that have like subliminally caused us a lot of anxiety as a, a country, like Brexit and Trump and all that business. Um, they discuss all that and they break it down and break down why things aren't working out and how we can change it and it's just oh. Brene Brown is just like the golden girl she's like superhero she's a researcher and, and she's re, like she's researched shame and why we feel shame and guilt and stuff like that so I feel like as Raf says with applause for thought, education equals prevention. I think that's so true. Like the minute that I've acknowledged all of that stuff via listening to her talk about shame and talk about guilt and vulnerability, I'm like, aha, yes. And now, because my eyes have been open and I'm aware of that, I now approach things differently. So just education, yeah, educating myself and stuff as well when I feel a bit, yeah. Amazing, that sounds great. Um, so finally, the final question. Could you walk into a room today and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? More so now, yeah. I really could. Um, and I'm telling you now, like I've had the, the weirdest day because I said goodbye to my family at home. And I got on the train and I cried. I was like, I'm not going to hide this. I'm crying. Like I was sobbing after saying goodbye to my dad, who'd put me on the train. And I was crying saying goodbye to my mum and my dog and my nan like I was a mess and this man came up to me on the train and was like are you, are you okay are you upset and I was like oh I'm just not very good with goodbyes I was just like oh like crying but I didn't feel any sense of shame with that like I just feel like it's just you gotta let it out now and I think that's one of the things I've learned through going to counselling and stuff like that like if you feel a certain way you're allowed to feel that way um, and feelings pass um, but you've got to let them, got to let them out, and you've got to experience them, and and then just let them, let them dissolve. I think. Um, but yeah, I do feel more comfortable to be able to like say. And I think my last job um, and the struggles that I faced on my last job really helped me with that, and that's a positive that I'll take from that to move forward. So yeah, be more, I'm more honest with myself, and I'm more accountable for myself.
which is good. Yeah. Fantastic. Jess, thank you so much. This has been such a lovely interview. It's been so nice to chat to you. Um, so we always finish with finish the sentence. So another little game for you, just before you head off to Cape Town. So again, this is a little bit themed because of the heat wave. In a heat wave, I like to drink water. <laughs> my favorite thing about my job is exploring characters. This morning I woke up and thought, oh my God, I'm going away and I'm not going to see my dog in like four months. My go-to cocktail is, ooh, this is interesting. Um, so I love an old fashioned because of Mad Men, um, but I also love a French martini. Me and Danielle Ho love a French martini. Um, and I love a dark and stormy. Sorry, all three. I love a cocktail. <laughs> If I could live anywhere in the world, it would be... <gasps> oh my gosh, I'm so bad. Uh, if I could live anywhere in the world, I would live in Kyoto, Japan. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Pineapple on a pizza is... Disgusting. Like, my mum loves it, and I'm like the polar opposite. I'm like, you are trash, mother. Like, behave yourself. <laughs> We started asking that more because Scarlett likes it and I don't. And so we just we just put it in there every so often and just see what people say. Yeah. Um, my perfect night in would be? Netflix, Friends, um, rom-com. I'm the rom-com queen. I love a rom-com. Um, yeah, rom-com. Uh, a Parmo, which is my teaside uh, dish. Love it. Uh, a Parmo or a Domino's pizza. And um, a cheeky gin. Great. Uh, mental health to me is the be all end all. Okay. Everyone should be more. Everyone should be more positive. Yeah. And I'm going to add this one on the end that I hadn't written. Um, my dead or alive party guests would be. Oh, this is great. Okay, Judy Garland. Um, Judy Garland, Debbie Harry. Um, Twiggy. Elvis, Freddie Mercury. Um, Liza Minnelli. Uh, Amy Winehouse. Uh, oh, this dinner party is kicking off. Uh, 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 who do I love? Who do I love? Who do I love? I said Barbara Streisand. I think I did. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. Um, and do you know what? Pocahontas <laughs> is my hero. I've made life choices based on Pocahontas. Yeah. Just throwing a Disney character at the end of there. Just why not? Or will you still wait for me, Dream Giver, just around the river bend? Listen with your heart. You will understand. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Jess, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. If you're interested in our counselling services, please email mary at industryminds.co.uk. For all other inquiries, please email info at industryminds.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at industrymindsuk. You can find out about all our future guests and our future events on there. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.
Bye. Bye. That was so creepy. Let's do it again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>